Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Monday, May 13th, see Class B girls at 8.30 p.m. Central and Class A girls at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is Husker 24-7 senior writer, Brian Christofferson. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act. Brian Christofferson. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Brian Christofferson. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that. Here is Brian Christofferson. We were, we were, I was terrible. Okay, I'll start that way. I was terrible, but we, we were like, number one in the country in takeaways or something, top three in the country, right? And we didn't do anything right. You know I mean, we, we just didn't do anything right. But um, um, they, they seemed to just come in waves. And, you know, I always go back to sometimes when, when, when you give them a chance to go make a play, they surprise you and they do. You know, and that's why, that's why I'm putting it all on me in terms of, you know, those one or two, two chances I thought we could have been aggressive. That I, I, You look back at the tape and I'm like, well, I should have went after him here. And, Sure enough, you know we we would have had a chance at least to to get a field goal or hold them to a field goal or maybe possibly um, rush the passer a little bit better. Like I didn't give those guys that chance, you know. So I got to do better. Kicking off hour number two here on Herdat Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We are on AM five ninety ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri Cities. We are joined now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline by our friend Brian Christofferson, Husker 24-7. BC, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Good. We are doing well. You know, we played that clip of, of Tony White as we were bringing you in here, um, talking about how he didn't put guys in a position to do the things and, and play the way he's asked them to in terms of playing loose and free and unleashed what did you make of that comment? Do you think it's just, you know, I know from a layman's point of view, I hear it and think, uh, you know, he wanted to send more pressure over to the quarterback. He wanted to be more aggressive in terms of his pressure packages. Um, is it just that, or do you think there's other things involved when he, when he ma- takes an answer like that? I think it's a guy giving himself just a really tough critique, you know, um, and wanting to hold himself to a high standard just like they're, talking about this defense being to a certain level and I'm sure there are two or three plays I don't know that he ever mentioned specifically what they were that would have been interesting like which plays he he might not have wanted to give that away Um, but those specific plays would have added some context to that but I'm sure there's every week there's going to be especially in a game where you come up three points short there's going to be a handful of plays where you look back and you say yeah I should have done this differently as a coach just like a player is saying that and I, th- I think that's what that was about like I can think of specific examples um, in that game where it's it's the it shines light on just how thin of a margin this defense has uh, not because they're really good but I'm saying be, the, the thin of margin they have because the offense isn't scoring many points and the special teams has kind of been average so they have to be on all the time. And if they have one little slip up and give up a few points here or there, it could end up being a loss. And one of those plays was uh, the drive when it was 10 to 10. And there was that third and 11 
on about the 45-yard line, and they completed a 14-yard pass. Defense played pretty well on that series. They almost stopped them on fourth and one. They had them third and 11. They gave up one pass, and yet Michigan State kicked a 52-yard field goal, and that sort of ended up being the tilter. And I think it's that kind of stuff we're talking about here where this de- this defense knows they've got to just be like dynamite in those moments because even if you give up that one third and 11, it's just one play, but it could end up being well, whether you're sad or happy, you know, sad or happy when you wake up Sunday morning. BC, the other point of interest for me was when Coach Rule or Coach Rule, Coach White brought up uh, the takeaways yesterday and how they come in waves. And you know, I, I brought, I presented this question to Ravi earlier this morning, and I'm curious on what you think too. How often is this defense in position for a takeaway? And is that the potential of why uh, the Huskers are, you know, short in the takeaway department? Because I ran down the stats and, Mm -hmm. you know, they excel in in almost everything. Total defense, 16th, first downs allowed 12. They are 13th in sacks. They're 30th in passing efficiency defense. And then I brought up Georgia's turnover gained, Mark, and that's at 11. Nebraska's is at 10. So are we just like are we only bringing up the takeaways because that's like the last piece to make this defense go from good to elite or are they just actually not in position for a lot of takeaways no I I think they are in position to have more than they've had like I think there was a one or two they could have had this last Saturday and and rule even brought a couple of them up um that's interesting the point you make um I think sometimes when people think of like just those ultra great defenses, they think they do think of that, that squad that just takes it away like two or three times a game. You know, they're, you, I always think of bear. It's cause I'm an NFC North guy. I always think of like <laughs> bears teams when they didn't have a quarterback, but occasionally they'd have a year, you know, where they took the ball away like three or four times a game. And you're like, what the stink, you know, yeah, it sounds fan, a lot but... like 2018 or 17 when they had Trubisky, <laughs> but I, yeah, I think it's stuff like that people get in their head sort of where you, you you have those certain defenses you remember. Like Bo Pelini's first defense is those of a certain age. I'm We're starting to get long enough in time where some people aren't even going to remember when Bo you was talked about 03 when they had like yeah, 25 20, interceptions. <laughs> yeah, this is a, that's 20 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad. But when he was a D coordinator, I mean, the a Bullock's brother had a, as many turnovers as Nebraska has right now, it feels like. And um so I think that's what gets in people's head. I do think they're in position, though, Andrew, because um, I don't think some of the other stuff uh, comes out in the numbers the way they do, and they tackle really well. And maybe there's some technique and punching it out that they could do a little bit differently. Uh, but there, there's just been a few where they've had their hands on the football, and you got you, that guy's got to sort of make that extraordinary play. And I think it's being critiqued like this, because they're the margin for error for this team is so small and the other side of the ball is, you know, not scoring a lot. And mm-hmm. so you, you've got, you've got to be special to They will have to be that to win a couple of these games down the stretch. Cause you know, I was going to come in here and try to take it away three or four times. So this defense has to sort of match that and be that kind of crew. BC. I, I'm curious, you know, we've been talking a lot about the, the defense and Tony white, um, what did you think of the comments made by Satterfield in terms of Heinrich Harburg and his, uh, you know, just start running through people's faces again? Like, what what did you – to me, I kind of just took that as like, hey, you're overthinking, you need to start kind yeah. of playing more instinctually, which 
I think is accurate. I, I don't know what you think. It, it looked like you could physically see the wheels turning in his head on Saturday, which is generally not great as a quarterback. Yeah, I think that's what that's all about. There was a couple plays where in the pocket especially, you could see like he, he was actually like processing it in real time like more than you want <laughs> from a QB. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's caught in a weird spot now, and I, I do think they've explained it correctly they're right like a lot of times we have seen in when we watch football there's that qb who comes on the scene the first week there's not a lot of pressure right it's like oh how much does he really know anyway and he goes then he does some stuff and people are kind of uh fired up about it um but then as he's played a few games there's more data in his head he's accumulated more information he's like oh this works that doesn't work and you start to think about it uh while you're going sometimes and heinrich if you listen to him talk to to the media, he's a very thoughtful guy. Like he's a very you can tell he is an analytical guy and a guy who really likes to process things thoroughly and all that stuff. And he says sometimes that can be damaging to me as a player. And so I, I think they're just trying to get him to be like, be that be that Heinrich kind of off the bat. Yeah, you've you've picked some stuff up and you want to process it as best you can as it goes, but also um, don't be hesitant out there. Just be that that guy who the first week was like, I'm going to run through that safety and make him hurt more than he's going to hurt me. And because um, that's your biggest asset right now. So I think they're trying to get him to lean into that. BC, you know, speaking of Harburg, I, I was thinking about this when I was listening to him talk yesterday that, um, you know, it seems like he's got the personality to get over things quickly, but will that mindset translate to the field come Saturday? Do you like how he's carried himself this week off the loss? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I, I think he's just a guy, he, he cares so much about um, his craft and his team. Um, and there's no easy way to go in and talk to the media about a play you thought was a dumb play you made. And the, he, he used that phrase at one point, a dumb throw. Um, it, it's just it, what happened happened. Um, everybody saw the stuff on tape that maybe could have been there. There's some stuff we don't understand, too. Like, you know, on the, on the one he had to Alex Bullock, for instance, where early in the game where it could have been a long touchdown ends up being an easy pick for the safety at the four-yard line. Um, that was obviously a bad throw by him, um, but it was interesting hearing him explain his process of what was in his mind. He knew it was bad when he let it go, but also that had been where the ball had gone in on that play in practices and everything he had wrapped, and the guy fell down, so he needed to adjust on the fly. So I think it's some stuff like that, you know, where, where the, the play kind of takes on a little bit of a different shape maybe than it did on Tuesday or whatever, and he's got to get to that point where he can that quickly without overthinking it, still react to it and be like, no, this is how I got to make that throw. Boom. And it's got to be just like that. And that is, that's why quarterback is such a tough position because th- I mean, think about it. You rep something, you do it a certain way. You're like, this is where the ball's supposed to go. And then all of a sudden in one to two seconds, you need to process. Nope. Ball's not going there. It's got to go over here on this play. And um, so it, it, it's a challenge, but I do think he's got a good mentality. I think, um, he's a guy who can be coached hard. I think he um, doesn't mind like Matt Rule and, and Marcus Satterfield getting after him on a Saturday, and he 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 takes it and 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 goes with it. So um, that part doesn't bother me. It's just a matter of over the next few games, how much can he grow as a passer in sort of seeing the field, and that's it's such a tough thing to do. So it's it's 
whether he can or not, um, if he if he does, give him a lot of kudos because it's it's not an easy step to take. I don't think for a player. So BC, there's a there's a couple different things I think with Harburg that are happening at the same time, and we've taught, touched a lot on the decision making part of it. But I think there's also just an accuracy portion of it as well where, you know, we see a lot of the the balls come out high or inaccurately um, down the field. How much of that do you think is correctable in season? Because it does seem like sometimes when he lets go, he's not – whether it's, you know, his elbow dips a little bit and and his arm angle is a little goofy sometimes. Like how much of that do you think is correctable in season? Yeah, I mean, you're you're working with what his sort of technique is for the rest of the year. I mean, you're not going to change anything like that on the fly. So it's a good question, Rob. I mean, he's just got to – it's just got to be a deal where um, he himself is a little better and that there's no other way to put it. Like if you go back to the Michigan game, um, that was his best passing performance to me, like for three Mm -hmm. quarters. If you you know, he was – I think he was like 10 of 12 or something at one point. It kind of faded off at the end and the stat line didn't – look as good but I remember looking down at three quarters and it it felt like there was some precision and he was really confident in some of his throws and he has those that he's put on film like even last this past Saturday that one he hit the bets on the run from deep in Nebraska territory where bets almost housed it you know it would have been a 90 yard play or something ended up being like 30 or 40 or you mean Coleman? That was, what's that you mean Coleman yeah, Coleman. I'm bets. Um, <laughs> it's the 15. It's throwing you off. I understand. Yeah. No. No. Coleman um, on the run. Um, that was a beautiful ball, and he. So he's had a few of those throws where you're like, okay, it, you've got it in you. Um, he's just. It's just. It just. I think it really comes down to hitting those layups, though. Like uh, the the play where he tried to force it into Jaden Doss, and there was like three guys around him. That's where he's got to see the the progression of the field within his offense and realize on most plays, you know, Coleman was coming across and that there's a little five yard pass he could have flipped to him and Coleman runs for 20 plus yards. So there were like four or five of those kind of plays that were just missed on where it, it's like the layup line and he's just got to make those. And I think if he does, that can boost the confidence to some of those other throws. So, I mean, it, can he do it? I don't know. But if he does, um, that might elevate some of the other stuff we see. BC, despite not tackling as well as they normally do, would you say this is the best tackling defense you've seen in a while, or did the performance this past weekend turn you off from that? No, it's the best tackling defense we've seen here in a while, um, certainly through the Frost era, I think. I know the 21 defense was um, – competitive against some good competition but i would say um of of all the flaws on this team um that is not one that i even think about much and yeah they're gonna miss a play or two but they rep they've repped it so much and they've been so physical in practice and and um taking it to heart i i really think they're probably one of the better tackling teams in the country i mean i remember the first week of this season talking to brunts and schaefer i was like geez it I haven't covered a Husker team the first <laughs> week that looked that fundamentally sound tackling where you, where there weren't like three to five plays that were an extra 10 to 15 yards that opening week, you know, because someone swings at air. Um, they, they've been really solid. So I, I love that part of this team. And yeah, the defense didn't play their best Saturday, but you also got to 
be reasonable about it. They're they're they were okay. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're 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 uh, that's a good crew. And for a first year scheme and how many guys they've rotated and how many young players that are going to come back next year that are a part of it, that's a reason to be really excited. And what would we we can go back to the turnover thing to finish that point off. If they could have that game like Saturday or a game against Iowa where they uh, do all that and then they had like three or four turnovers and there's a pick six or something like that, that's sort of the bow on top of the uh, the present that this that you know would be for this defense if they could find it to kind of finish this thing off. Speaking of Bo, we're probably going back to what like early Bo, Bo Pelini. <laughs> um, you know, a little transition there for you. Um, we're probably going back to what early Bo Pelini since we've seen a team tackle like this. Is that like 20, 2009, 2010, like somewhere in that range? I think that's right. I mean, yeah, um, maybe. All all those bow teams had some some gritty guys on defense. I mean, the 2012 had a good run, but then of course they had a disaster. I think I would just say 2009, 10. Yeah, I think I'll that take was it. the last time. There's yeah, been a defense that's tackled quite like it. Um, and when you said that, I was thinking of Bo Pelini actually sitting on top of the present. Now, that would be interesting. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. You know, it, Wasn't it pretty? creates an interesting visual. You remember those, like, Lexus commercials where they'd have the Bo on oh, top yeah. of the car? Just, like, with Bo, <laughs> Pelini, Bo Pelini, like, sitting cross-legged on top of a car. Be like, Merry no, Christmas, No, it's guys. Bo Pelini on top of an AC unit with Nash Hutmacher <laughs> leading the charge yeah. of the commercial. <laughs> um, you know, and you mentioned, you know, that, that 09 and 10 teams, they don't have a Levante David on this team they don't have a sue on this team i'm not even sure they have a crick on this team uh, at least not yet maybe some of the young guys turn into that but no, it, i haven't seen any of those last names it kind of makes it even more impressive what we've seen from them so far this year yeah and just to be cre- uh, clear I, i'm talking about tackling specifically sure yeah yeah, yeah yeah although you know it is impressive when you look at the stat the stats after a game and I know some teams they've played have wanted to be more throw heavy and that's their strength and whatever, but Nebraska has stopped, you know, eight teams to a hundred yards or less. And I think that matches 2009 and it's almost going to hit what they did in 1999 as far as rushing defense. So some of those things you really got to take stock of and say, man, that's, that's pretty good for a, for a first year. And like you say, you're doing it without necessarily that superstar that you just point to and say, yeah, he's, he just, flips a game on its ear all the time it's been very much a a team coordinated effort and the thing that's exciting about it is you know there's freshmen who you can see what can be you know Prince Will didn't play last week but we've seen what could be there Cam Lenhart you know guys like that um it it makes it kind of um exciting about what the the defense uh, potentially could be in 24 if you know if guys stick around and all that stuff, we know there's always a long off season in college football. So we'll get to that part when we get to it. BC, uh, you know, you, you mentioned some of those guys that didn't play and that's weirdly not a thing that we've talked about very much on the defensive side of the ball. Like Prince will not being there, I think was a really big deal after the way we saw him play uh, in the last couple weeks before that, you know, um, Obviously, Omar Brown was in protocol. You had Malcolm Hartzog leave the game. You know, you had several con- major contributors on defense not there. And the fact that we aren't even talking about that as one of the reasons they weren't necessarily quite as sharp as they had been is, is a little bit crazy, right? 
Yeah, that, that part's been their, their biggest achievement. It's that the, especially the defensive line, I spent like five months whenever anybody would ask about it saying, well, I like like the top two or three guys, but what about <laughs> when you get to like guys four through eight? And I, you know, just repeating that. And um, they, they've, they've answered the bell on all three levels really with that. You know, safety, we could go back to August, like, you know, Miles Farmer, uh, leaves and remember that was like a story for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he was going to be most indispensable Husker, one of the guys you'd think about. He's played all these snaps and stuff like that. When does that topic come? I up? haven't it's... thought about Miles Farmer all year. Yeah, it's you know some things <laughs> I mean, like really. that. I mean, and then no, no knock on him personally. I'm no, just saying, right? Like, yeah, other guys stepped up, and you're like, yeah, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, Deshaun Singleton went down, and he was playing really good. Yeah, really well, and. Yeah. Um, that that's a shame because I think he would could was playing at a pace where he would have reached another level maybe at this point. But nonetheless, Phelan Sanford comes in, does a nice job, and and now you got Marquise Buford back, and so they've sort of found ways to like just cover stuff where they you're like, oh, that's a little hole. Could that become something? And no, it hasn't really. And now they they got to just finish this deal, and that's where I say finish it in style and. Saturday would be the beautiful time to do that. You know, one of those games against an elite quarterback. Um, both teams got to have it. Both are five and four. Maryland's in the same boat where if they lose this game, if you look at their schedule, suddenly a bowl game doesn't look that obvious for them. You know, so uh, this one is this is fun. It's like not going to be like a one of those national highlight games that everybody's talking about. But as far as the two teams involved, it's a, it's kind of a big deal like this this one matters a lot so uh this is where the defense has to have their best performance of the year bc uh let's just end end right there with with the game against maryland this weekend uh nebraska needs to do what successfully like your number one key successfully to get that sixth win this weekend um, I mean, the, the obvious is we could always say, like, yes, turn the ball over less, please. Once or less. Like, we'll give you one, but just stop it at We'll one. give you one. Yeah. And I've been the giving one... them two, BC. I said if they can keep it minus two on turnovers, they're fine. I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. It seems kind of snarky to say it, but it's true. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, and make like make the turnover be at like the fifty yard line where you didn't feel like it gave away a score or you didn't give them a score, but something like that. But also, speaking of the offense, I think they've got to find um, at least one play that's just a major explosive in this game that which helped them get over the hump. I feel like in those those home games previously, you know, the big pass to to Malachi. And uh, then to Jalen Lloyd, they're going to need something like that where they they get that 55 yard play and it's seven points right there. And then one defensive or special teams, almost a score, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that, that that basically sets up a score. Um, And I think that's the formula. And if they do those things, I think they can win. I I would maybe slightly favor Maryland, I'll be honest. But um, I think if they can do those check off those boxes, they could win and just just come to play early and that crowd it'll be a crowd that's into the game if nebraska gives them a reason to it'll get loud in there if if that defense is balling so uh that's what i'm hoping for because it'll be a good scene it's brian christopherson husker 24 7 bc we appreciate you as always we will talk to you again next week Always, always enjoy being on, guys. Thank you. Hey, thank you, BC. Great stuff there from Brian Christofferson from Husker 24-7 on our Warhorse Sportsbook hotline. 
you know, just a reminder, you can play sports bets in Omaha. Now. Yeah, you can. Andrew knows. 6303 Q Street at Horseman's Park. We're actually Park. talking with some Warhorse people today. We are. Our war, our friends at Warhorse Sportsbook, you can go to the casino in Lincoln or to Horseman's Park in Omaha in person to go place your bets, whether it's uh, pro, college, basketball, baseball, football, whatever. They've got you covered. Go to warhorsecasino.com slash sportsbook or get the Warhorse Casino app for details and a full list of house rules. Warhorse Sportsbook, no bets, no glory. Coming up next, Andy Kendi from KETV.